Hello, recruiting family. This is Brad Owens with the Transform Recruiting Podcast. Got a good one for you today. We are digging in with Greg Simmons, who's been all over this recruitment industry. So, Greg, thanks for jumping in, man. I appreciate you wanting to have a conversation. Glad to be here, Brad. Thanks for having me. So give everyone just a little bit of background on you because it's it's quite the background and I'd love for them to hear where you're coming from. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's an interesting one. I uh, started my career actually in the staffing and recruiting space and worked with a uh, Fortune 500 staffing company for the better part of eight or nine years or so and um, have really spent uh, a lot of time on a desk, understand the, the nuances and I guess more importantly, the pain points that face recruiters on a day in and day out basis. Um, but back in 2015, I had the chance to be one of the, the first employees at a company called Talent Rover, which is really which uh, kind of began my, my journey down, down the path of Salesforce as we were a, we had built a Salesforce uh, product to allow staffing and recruiting companies to manage their business. And that was such a great time in my career. It was uh, a very, what I say, romantic idea of a startup. We had the hair on fire, hockey stick uh, type growth, uh, was on a plane probably more often than I was at home. And um, it was a really fun journey. And we, we eventually sold that company to Bullhorn in 2018 and have since uh, continued to do a lot of really exciting stuff in the Salesforce ecosystem by way of developing uh, Salesforce products for companies with our new company, Blueprint Advisory. And I've also been fortunate to partner with Salesforce to, to really just help drive greater efficiencies for for your customers in the, uh, the the Salesforce and the staffing and recruiting ecosystem. There sure is a lot going on right now. Um, you could who say that <laughs> knows what's coming, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I appreciate all the partnership up until this point and into the future as well. So you've seen it from a lot of different sides. What are you seeing out there in the recruiting industry right now? What are some of the things that we're facing? Yeah. You know, it's a good question. I think that, uh, what, what the recruiting industry is facing, I think is, uh, what a lot of people in the industry are facing, right? There's a lot of unknowns in the world right now, but um, in spite of that, and even, you know, when I started my career in staffing, I, I started my career in staffing in 2008, 2009, which if you turn back the clock, that was not a great time in the world to try to get people jobs. Um, so far be it from me to, to go into that industry, but, uh, but I made it out, uh, made it out alive. And one thing that I did notice on that is, you know, that the staffing and recruitment industry is uh, a bit of a barometer of the economy at large. I think that when, when the economy is, is really strong, you see a huge influx in your direct hire staffing, right? Because companies need to find uh, different ways that they can attract and identify talent to fill their open role so that they can keep up with their growth. But then in periods of, uh, of ambiguity or uncertainty, you start to see a slight uptick with your, your temp staffing, right? You still have work that needs to be done. You still have customers. It's not like the world stops, um, but the temp staffing space is able to kind of pick up some of the slack that your perm business might see a slight downturn for. So when I think about staffing, I think about what's facing them, as I mentioned, is what faces other companies. And they're trying to make decisions on how to be more effective and efficient in how they are able to generate revenue and, and manage their expenses. And from you know what we're going to be talking a little bit about today, technology is a great medium to increase revenue and reduce expenses by you know really building on a platform that allows you to automate the administrative functions of your business and ensure that the employees that you have working for you are able to focus on 
uh, more specific revenue generating activities, whether it's a staffing company or or not, right? That's something that that every company faces. So interesting time for sure. And I think the next uh, 12 months are, I hate to say interesting again, but I can't <laughs> think of any other, any good words to describe it right now. So we'll stick with that. Yeah. And I will lean into that interesting because when you think about the upsides to one of these amb- periods of ambiguity, we'll go with your term. Uh, if right. you think about upsides, if there are any, uh, one of the ones that I continually see in companies that come out of this, that come out of these periods and just ready to hit the ground running and blaze, those organizations take these times when things may slow down, when they don't have to focus on grow, 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 like you said, hair on fire. This is one of those times where it's a good point in your business to focus on something that will improve these automations to help people do the the right kinds of things that will help your business grow when it does turn around or if it turns around uh, when it turns around. Um, so for you in your space and the conversations that you're having, what are some of the the kind of big pain points that people are coming to you with? Like, geez, if we could just solve for this, like that you're seeing, um, you know, multiple people need this type of technology mm-hmm. to, to fix. Yeah, I think a big one is, um, <clears throat> is uh, a way for these companies to reach a wider audience. Um, mm. At the end of the day, staffing and recruiting, especially whether it's the, the staffing industry or a recruiting company, uh, a corporate HR recruiting rather, um, it's a, a battle for eyeballs, <laughs> right? On the various job boards that exist, your company's websites on LinkedIn, whatever it might be. And so many companies are really starting to think about the new way of attracting talent to their business. Um, and again, that applies to both staffing companies as well as, as corporate HR. Um, but with that outreach with staffing companies, the staffing industry is unique because you serve two masters in a sense that you're trying to identify candidates, but you also need to have more specific and pointed outreach to customers or buyers of your services. And so I think that if you think, if we consider your audiences, being able to understand your audiences, the pain points that each of them face and how to best position your brand and your messaging to them as wide a, 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 a net as possible will really allow you to be more effective at then generating leads on both sides of the house and converting those leads into revenue generating opportunities, whether it be job orders or or viable candidates that you can then place or hire for your own business. And in my view, I think that there's products out there. Salesforce obviously does a tremendous job of it, but so much of what these companies are craving is data and information on the people they're working with. Because once you have that, you can really start to unlock so much power with the information that you have and then the tools that you can then facilitate these engagements with. And so many people are really starting to to grasp onto that. And I think it's exciting um, because as a consumer of services in general, everybody likes having a better experience, right? And Mm -hmm. so why shouldn't people looking for a job have the same experiences, whether you're shopping on Amazon or or going into a, uh, any type of e-commerce store, like you want to have a great experience and staffing companies should be able to leverage that. So that's a big, a big piece that we're hearing right now. So it's interesting that you bring that up. Um, we're using the word interesting a whole bunch, but uh, it's it's why we're in this. Uh, so the marketing side of things. When you think about these gigantic organizations out there, we'll talk about like the Apples, the IBMs, the the huge organizations that everyone's really aware of those 
the Coca-Colas, the people that are like household names, they have a whole lot of budget into this marketing side of things to start driving this demand where there may not have even been some demand. Like it, they kind of right. created this thing for people that that got all this hype. And now people are lining up around the stores to get their iPhones and everything. I mean, that kind of hype is created through these marketing efforts. And at least in the firms that I've worked at, we put almost zero dollars into anything that was not just smile and dial. And right. Those aren't those types of experiences that everyone's been used to. And that's not how things you know, grow exponentially. You have to have something that exists outside of just manual effort to to drive that interest in your business and to get people into those experiences that you're talking about, like the Instagram experience. Like you right. just had a you were just surfing the web for Shark Week or whatever. And uh, something comes through on Instagram that talks about these exotic vacations where you can go swim with sharks. That kind of stuff is happening <laughs> yeah. for everyone. Uh -huh. Why not for your job that runs your entire life sometimes and provides for your family? Like, I agree right. with you. That should be something that we focus on. Yep. Um, and to you, to your point of that data, that I feel like is the new value for a recruiting firm. And I want to get your thoughts on this because we started with our databases. We had our ATS. That was the thing that was it crazy valuable because it had everyone's contact information in it. We couldn't get oh, yeah. that anywhere. Now we can. So that kind of lost value. <laughs> then we went to those relationships, right? We had our recruiters and our sellers that had these relationships with clients and candidates. That was fantastic for us because we were able to leverage that. But those relationships are transient. If our recruiters leave, which yep. uh, I mean, a lot of recruiters leave, we now don't have that value. So retention was kind of that highly valuable thing. But now I'm seeing it shift to all of this transactional data. Like you said, people interacting with our brand and people making job changes inside our ATS. So yeah, curious to just get your thoughts. Where do you think that value is shifting and what can people do about it? Yeah, it, it's a really, really good point, right? And I, I still think that Technology is going to never replace human relationships, right? Mm -hmm. And the, the point that you just made, the best recruiters, staffing, corporate or otherwise, are relationship builders, right? And they're able to maintain and build relationships and more importantly, trust with the candidates that they work with because you're giving as an applicant your career into the hands of somebody that, boy, you really hope they have your best interest in mind and aren't just trying to hit, <laughs> hit their, uh, right. their KPIs for, for the week. Now, with that being said, relationships can be curated um, by a few different ways. But I think the best way to curate a relationship, at least with an applicant, is to show them relevant jobs in this case that, that are truly representative of what they might be looking for and then just help facilitate. And when you start to think about rolling the clock back a little bit, your earlier comment about the database, right? Legacy databases by and large, contact info, first name, last name, email address, phone number, uh, very binary, right? Mm -hmm. What I think is going to start to happen, what we're already starting to see some more forward thinking companies start to action on is less about contact information and more about engagement with their company. So what I mean to say by that is if I am working with you as an applicant, Brad, and you go on an interview for me and you get an offer, you complete your job, you get five out of five stars. I now need to make sure that that data goes into your profile so it can influence how I prioritize getting you another job. Or if you go onto a job 
and you get extended and extended and extended. That should ramp up your prioritization. If you are really good at, at you have a great resume and you continue to get submitted to customers, but you don't get interviews or you go to interviews and pass, well, then that should also influence your ranking, right? Or it should treat as an opportunity of like, Brad, you're great on paper. I like talking to you, but what the heck, man? Like, are you just terrible at interviewing? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> right. But that that data is really, really valuable. And there's a lot of information that happens through the course of a business's operations that really should impact um, the overall candidate profile in this space. And you could also equate the same to your hiring managers and start to understand their trends and philosophies. But I think that that data is it really should not be thought of as just your 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 database and your contact info. It should really be tangible human information that is being transacted on a daily basis. Yes. Yes, yes. One million percent yes. This, I think we talked about this at the um, SIA conference that we were both at. The The mentality right now of matching is very mm -hmm. much that, hey, we've got machine learning to be able to tell if these words come together, they can probably also do this. So might be able to add some keywords to their profile to the, maybe help them come up on other searches. But to your point, this person that we may have sent out 20 times on different interviews can't get the job done because, yeah, their resume might match, but they may not have the actual skills that these companies are looking for. So to your point, matching actions rather than words, I think, is how this future is going to go. I agree. With mm -hmm. you. I think that you know, if I am a fantastic performer, I should come up number one next on the whatever job you're searching for that I fit. If I am a person that's been a okay performer, but my current role wraps up in a week and I don't have my next one, I better be getting phone calls and, and that yep. kind of stuff we don't have built in right now. So my mind goes to how the reactions have been when I'm talking to organizations about this. They are like, yep, totally agree how in the world do I start? Like, what do I need to be doing? So in your experience, what have you seen people get good ROI out of? Or what do you think would be a good ROI to just start? Yeah, um, we're, we're kind of, uh, we're, we're getting to another big important piece here, uh, the, this idea of redeployment, right? Um, there's so much, I, I remember in my, my days as a recruiter, we would have, um, you know, week long, uh, I don't remember what we called them blitzes or whatever it might've been. Right. And the, the focus was to redeploy your candidates. And so where you start is, um, you start by, by leveraging a technology that allows you to capture and manage this information first and foremost. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that is, as a staffing company exists, they, um, and I, I've talked to a lot of, uh, a lot of customers about this, the, the notion of, of uh, curating a process in which you you identify and place candidates for a hiring manager is uh, it's been around since the beginning of of hiring, right? But how each company does their own hiring, and how each staffing company thinks about vetting and managing, and during that process, what they're doing is they're capturing information about these candidates. And so, I think the best way for these customers to start to even think about having a an action plan or a strategy around this is to first kind of take take stock of your house, take inventory of the systems that you're using, the conversations that you're having with the people that you're working with, and then capturing that information in a way that really should be organic. If you're requiring the, the people that are having the conversations to then get off a phone call or out of a meeting and spend 20 or 30 minutes uploading and like, man, it's never going to happen. It's just never going to happen. And so I think that 
uh, and I kind of touched on this earlier, um, in, in times of uncertainty where you need to maximize revenue and reduce expenses, technology should be a platform that can automate the administrative tasks for you. And so if you're thinking about what's important to your business in terms of capturing information on candidates, you need to be using a technology that allows you to react to the market and provide administrative workflow functionality so that your people and your employees can really focus on what they need to do each day to move the needle forward. And, um, and I think that's really important. And the thing that's really tricky about that, as we saw over the last few years, um, uncertainty is always going to be there. Um, and so you need to be a building on a system and a technology that is going to be able to react to those changes so that you can update your business process or you update your workflows to react to changes in the market, as well as react to the type of data that you might need to, um, to capture uh, throughout that process. And at the, at the risk of being slightly long-winded, my last example of this, very simply put, is overnight during COVID, companies all of a sudden had to update their workflows to capture information about a candidate's health, exposure to COVID, vaccine certificates, whatever it might be. And for some companies that had the foresight to build on a product that allowed for that to be done with clicks, not code, no problem. For other companies, poof, tough sled. Yeah. Wait, Greg, are you saying <laughs> that my Excel spreadsheet with conditional <laughs> yeah. formatting on who is coming up to an end is not going to work long term? You know, it's probably better than the post-it notes on the desk, but uh -huh. uh, probably leaves a little bit more to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, the amount of time I wasted keeping resumes in manila folders inside a filing cabinet. Like, God, I'm so glad technology exists now. Uh, that's so incredible. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the platforms that are able to. You say uh, change business process and my mind goes to you know actually making those changes on the platform. Mm -hmm. If I have to do something like insert something new into the onboarding process because I'm recruiting for a different company or I need to have a different type of interview because this is a type of role that may not have existed a while back, but it's something that's related to what I already recruit for because I'm a niche specialist. How in the world do I actually change what I'm working with to fit that? And that's not where a lot of companies, at least that I've interacted with, have focused because they feel like, all right, this has worked. This is great. Here's our process. We'll do something that covers 80% of it. Awesome. Here, you all go do this. If we don't have something that fits, we'll even bring in a recruiting coordinator or someone else that can just manually do all this stuff. And that's worked for a while. Mm -hmm. I feel like the volume that they need to be able to do, to, to your point, to do more with less, mm -hmm. the volume that they need to get to, that hits an absolute ceiling when we start thinking about these are all just going to be manual processes. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I feel like they're going to hit this ceiling. If they haven't already f felt this pain, they're going to very shortly. Um, so in having these conversations with people that are deep into it, I'm noticing how much value a um, a very quickly adaptable platform brings to an organization. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't plan on it, but there is something new on the market, Greg, <laughs> I that know. I feel like fits this. <laughs> um, so why wasn't this type of thing like assemble? Well, I'll throw it out there. Yeah. Why hasn't this type of thing existed before? And what do you feel like it changes in the game? Yeah. 
Yeah, I appreciate the plug of our 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 new you know uh, ISV app that we built to to allow companies to really manage any recruiting process natively on Salesforce. Um, it's a great question. Why didn't it exist? Um, well, um, I, I think that we've had the benefit of designing and thinking about what's next in recruiting because my team and I have spent so much time in recruiting, um, right? I've spent 15 plus years now um, with combining my experience in staffing and Salesforce. My business partners are, are the same. And and what it came down to is when you start to solve problems for customers and you start hearing the same problems over and over again, you start to kind of create a formulate an idea on how to address uh, larger issues at scale. And we've had the benefit of being able to solve a lot of problems with, with Salesforce as the medium in which we, we solve them. And Salesforce as a platform and as a technology makes us look really good, right? Because we can create a lot of really impactful business processes and automations uh, very quickly for customers. And it's it's really exciting to see the, uh, I don't know, just the exhale <laughs> of when you say, oh yeah, it's really easy to just add a field or it's really easy to report on that. And so when we started to kind of hear these, these issues that customers came up with and issues that I faced as a recruiter, we're like, okay, we need to create a way to allow these companies to, to react to their business and also to bring this more, uh, more full circle. Uh, we talked about earlier the, the candidate experience, the customer experience. Why not the recruiting experience? And very specifically, what I mean by that is why couldn't we go and create a product that allows for a company to create the exact recruiting experience that they need to create for maybe a, a hard to please hiring manager? Right. And it doesn't matter if it's temp job or perm job or corporate HR. If you have a customer that wants things done or needs to have things done in a certain way, we wanted to go and design a product that would allow you to do that in terms of whatever stages need to be followed, whatever actions needed to occur at each stage. And um, I can't say why it didn't exist before, um, but I can tell you why we built it. And that, that's why we built it. We built it because we've heard the problems before. We've been in the industry I, I think that we've got a pretty good handle on how Salesforce works. And um, and it's been really exciting to see how customers have been able to, to use the Assemble ATS um, on top of Salesforce, right? And that's an important delineation is we think that there's tremendous value in companies partnering first and foremost with Salesforce and extending the functionality of that platform with purpose-built products to manage either recruitment process, their resume parsing, search and match, customer onboarding, time and attendance, you name it. There's so much more value and more specialists on the market now that there's ever been that uh, if we can be really good at managing the ATS process, Salesforce can continue to be best in class at, at everything that Salesforce can do and companies can leverage the app exchange to fill in the gaps. You really can create a pretty interesting tech stack that offers uh, differentiation for your business. Yep. Yep. It's the reason I came to Salesforce in the first place. I, I knew yep. they had the tools to be able to solve this. So I wanted to be there helping them. Um, the leaders that are listening in right now, the recruiting leaders, the C-level execs that are saying, yeah, this all sounds cool. This sounds great, but I have no idea where to start. Yep. What, what would you suggest to them? Uh, you can call me at 1-800. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I think what, what you start on is, um, I, I think there's different leadership styles, right? I think the most important thing you can do is you can you can listen to the people who are doing the jobs, right? You can sit 
uh, for a day in a bullpen or Zoom call or whatever it might be. Just listen to your recruiters because they will tell you point blank what's going great and what's not going so great. And I think if you start there and you start to take stock of some of these things, um, it might not be the exact 80-20 rule, but you'll start to see some gaps pretty quickly and pretty apparently as well. Um, and once you start to take stock of that, um, yeah, I, I think that the, the the recruiting industry, it's such a tight-knit industry and it's an industry that every single company faces a lot of the same issues. Start talking to your network, start talking to other people that are starting to feel the pain or trying to solve these problems. And, and also I was joking with the 1-800 number, but I mean, they can talk to you and me, Brad, like we field a lot of calls from customers that they just need a soundboard. And I have a client that I'm working with and she very frankly said, I want to work with you. So I don't have any light bulb moments six months after the project starts. It's like, great, mm -hmm. lean on your network, lean on professionals and, uh, and take time to, to think about, you know, what incremental changes you can do th to have really positive impacts on your business. And, um, and it's, it's fun and exciting. So I enjoy those conversations. Yeah. And one thing I'll add on top of that is pay attention to where the data that these people are working with exists, where it yeah. needs to move to and what they are doing to create those uh, kind of copy paste moments, um, mm -hmm. because that to our point from earlier, if it exists over here in Excel spreadsheet and then they need to move it over here to this engine, which they need to then pump it through this thing. That's way too much time. That's what's too much. causing. Yeah, that's taking yeah. them away from the phones, from the relationship building, from trust building. So, yeah, I'd pay attention to the what we call swivel cheering. All right. Well, I'm going to trust uh, everyone to be able to find us if they want some more. So go to the show notes. Uh, check it out. I will link directly to everything Greg's got. You'll be able to, to find him and talk to him more if you want to continue the conversation. Uh, Greg, thank you so much for being a part of this, man. I, I feel like Thanks, we Brad. can do this for nine hours. So let's, <laughs> yeah. let's do it again. If we want recurring <laughs> conversations, we should do it. Um, but yeah, that is today, our episode of the Transform Recruiting Podcast. Thank you all so much for listening in. I hope you got some value out of this one. Let us know what you liked. You can email me at hello at bradowens.com. I'll be happy to forward it on to Greg as well. Uh, if you want more about this podcast, it's transformrecruiting.com. Thank you all so much. We will see you on the next one. Mm -hmm.